Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Share your question or comments using the live chat feature on our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Again, that's www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Thank you, thank you. Wow. Underneath are... the weather tent, out there cheering and drinking wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have had some weather. We have had some oh, rain. Rainy. Mm-hmm. Thunder, just yummy. Thunder wow. Storm. Terrible. It's awesome. Uh, terrible, I mean, terrible stuff. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we we've been dry for a while, and you know, finally they're it's making up for it now. But uh, right. man, you know, the, anything anything other than rain, just keep it. But uh, we we love we love the rain here uh, for sure. Yeah, in the summertime, and it's expected. But it's just lightning and thunder and all that. Though yeah. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. You you can't count on it. We usually we get our afternoon patterns. I mean, Florida doesn't an afternoon rainstorm. Starts in the middle of the state and works its way toward the coast by the evening, and that's the standard we can count on that. But I'll tell you, this past <laughs> week it's been morning and night and afternoon and evening and yeah. just all the time. Yeah, and, uh, lots uh, of fun. But it's not uh, filling up everything completely full, though. I mean, all the ponds and lakes and and moats and everything were all low, and so it's. Bringing them up, yeah. it's not the overflow, so it's 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 a good thing. We're something we need. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to all about Definitely. wine. Yay! Woo-hoo. Yay! Uh, another another exciting episode of All About Wine tonight. When I when I tuned <laughs> in, when I when I signed in, it wouldn't get me to studio. I had to confirm that I was who I was. Which wow. Was, uh, I know. You had to show, had to show the uh, receptionist uh, your ID, I guess. My ID, yeah, you know, and, yeah. And do the the eye print, you know, the the retinal scan. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, even that far. I mean, it was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> then they finally let me. <laughs> it was it was uh, tough getting in tonight for some reason. You must but, have. Yeah. You you must have got gotten it easy because when I come in, I mean they just ask for your ID and a retinal exam. When I come in, I have to do like a complete physical. I mean they're checking for hernias. You know? yeah. <laughs> because because you take pictures of weather screens. That's why. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you you had to do. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the do not fly list or whatever it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's out there going, "What are they talking about?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Mike had himself a wonderful, wonderful tour of the Orlando Control Tower and Airport yeah. and all that, and yeah. he was told not to 
take pictures. He took a picture of a weather screen, the type that you can pull up on the computer, and yeah. he got in trouble for it. So, yeah. <laughs> I still say it on the tour, though. I mean, it, it, you know, yeah, okay, they, but the uh, the the main um, I don't know if he was an FAA boss, but uh, the F, the the boss of the Orlando International Airport tower and uh, trade wow. there where we were toured. Um, yeah. He uh, kind of called me out. So, but uh, well, that, anyway, that, that was, still here. that's why he got the fifth search because of taking <laughs> <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <this> the direction. <laughs> do not, do not, you know, do take not, them lately I mean, when they say do not take photos. <laughs> well, they said, they said don't take photos in the tower. Don't take photos of the radar, th- which I couldn't take a, Photo in the in the Tracon anyway because it's all dark. I told you, but yeah, and this yeah. is in, this is in the hallway. I'm like, okay, this is this is public domain out here. Anybody could, well, almost. But you know, so I just uh, click whatever. Yeah, big mistake. So that was that I was bad. Had to take a timeout and then I was on the tour. So there we go. <laughs> but uh, great bunch yeah. of people. If if you're ever if you're interested in that kind of thing, they do welcome uh, people to come in. And I said so I could come in. You know. By myself or with somebody, they go give us a call and and we'll make uh, you know we'll see what what our time schedule is and all that. And I said, Psh, I'm off on Thursdays and Fridays. I'll be there both days every, I'll be there every, every week. week for the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. What they said it can happen at any airport. So if any of you out there are mm-hmm. looking for something to do yeah. besides drink wine, then mm-hmm. contact your local awesome. airport. And ask for a tour of the tower and all that stuff, and they yeah. will probably accommodate. Yep. So it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a great deal. The school kids—they love the, they love little children's groups to get them interested in it, uh, and um, uh, it's it was uh, it was very interesting. Uh, so yeah, if you're into that kind of yeah. thing, definitely. You know, keep in mind looking for something. So good. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. um, okay. so. <clears throat> Welcome to welcome to all about wine uh, and anything else we decide to talk about. We have we have a few things to talk. I saw something that was pretty pretty funny. I I, I thought it was funny. It was a little quote. And I can't remember where it was. Uh, somewhere on the internet, but it said, and I quote, "It's actually only Frankenstein if the creature was created in the Frankenstein." region of France. Otherwise, it's a sparkling monster. <laughs> I just found that extremely funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a sparkling monster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got to protect the name all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got a few things to talk to you about tonight. And, uh, uh, and uh, something that was on the calendar that's coming up here, I think it's next weekend. Yeah, next week is first day of summer. Tomorrow's Flag Day. Get out the flags and fly it. Uh, the 14th is June 14th. And so fly the Flag Day. I read somewhere, too, I can't remember where on that, that some 14-year-old kid designed the current Stars and Stripes, the ones that we use in the 50 states. I don't know how true it is. But it was on the internet, so if it's on the internet, it must be true. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? a kid did what now? He designed the, designed the current flag. Yeah, the flag we have now, the the 
13 stripes are consistent, but the star pattern. He designed the star pattern now. So, yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, it seemed like it would almost be a no-brainer. You, you wouldn't have to have anybody design it. And, you know, my question is, what other designs failed if something that simple passed? What, what did the other flags look like? So, but I don't know. It's, yeah. Again, I, Robert, I read somewhere. Robert G. Heft, Robert G. Heft, the Betsy Ross of America's 50-star flag. There you are. I did not. In 1958, a history teacher assigned Heft and his classmates at Lancaster High School to each redesign the national banner to recognize Alaska and Hawaii, both nearing statehood. Uh, he was 16 at the time, crafted a new flag from an old 48-star flag, and $2.87 worth of blue cloth and white iron on. Really? $2.87? And look how many have sold already. Gosh, that's amazing. Oh, God, you know, God. Blah, blah, blah. Replicas, original flags still weigh today. Click here to see all kinds of pop-up ads on your computer. Um, <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I can't remember where I saw that, but I saw that somewhere, and I'm going, nah. But I guess so. You know, you you, you found it there too. But you know, my passed away in 2000, 2009. He passed away. Okay, um, I didn't know. I didn't read that. I just read that it was. I, I heard fifteen. Fifteen-year-old kid designed our current. Yeah. You know, stars and yeah. stripes. Would, but you know, I mean, he assigned the class. I want to see some of those other flags. I want to see what those things look like. <laughs> you know? Didn't make it. Really? The ones that didn't make it, really like to see those. You know, stars yeah. more on the outer perimeter and stuff like that. I mean, I can just see all the different flag designs these teenagers came up with, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That was good. From 1958. Yeah. Okay. So from 1958, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> the runner-up. The runner-up. Runner <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so many flags in it. All right, so many stars in it. Something, something, I don't know. I just, uh, mm-hmm. was, I was curious. When I read that, I was thinking, what, 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 what did the losers look like? Because that was the winner. Was it? Yeah, right. Well, okay. So, didn't, didn't know. so there you yeah. go. There is tomorrow's flag day, and, and you can remember a, a young man. 16 years old when he invented in 1958, did you say? Uh, 1958, Robert G. Heft. And he passed away, uh, must have been uh, December 12, 2009, because they said it, he passed away yesterday at the age of 67. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Heft, Heft was one of thousands to submit a flag design with alternating rows of five and six stars. Thousands. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Mine is going wild now. What did these things look like? Why did his get picked and not, you know, 999 others? I mean, you know, it says, I hate to, I know this is all about wine, but this is fascinating. I think here, here it says his creation earned him a B minus. And it says Hef's. Heft's teacher later changed that grade to an A after his flag was sent to Washington, D.C. and selected by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. 
So if he got a B minus, like you said, what did the other yeah. thousand look like? <laughs> That's right. That's right. What did the A's look like? I mean, surely somebody got a, an A for their flag, or did everybody get C's or lower, C plus and lower? I, yeah. <laughs> it just so what did they a, look a whole, like? A whole bunch of questions here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good one. Um, man, oh, any of you flag enthusiasts out there, any of you are listening to this and saying, what the hell are they talking about? If you have answers, please. You know, if the Big Bang Theory was still on, we could ask Sheldon because didn't he have uh, fun yes, with flags on the show? Yes, he had fun with flags. That's right. But the show, so alas, been canceled. Yes. So hard. Nah, nah, so, sad. so sad. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I didn't realize. But that many. What? Wow. Okay. It's a thousand. It's a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. My engineer just brought me my wine uh, du jour. My wine du jour. Wine of the day. This is a Bonterra Equinox Red. This is made with organic grapes. It's a 2016 vintage out of California. Okay, this, yes, you're right. This is supposed to be bio, uh, uh, biodynamic. It has a biodynamic symbol on it, which states that that's supposed to be biodynamic. Hmm. So, it, it, the Bonterra, uh, it says, twice a year the sun crosses the celestial equator, resulting in a day and night of equal length, which is coming up next Thursday, or next Friday, rather. Next Friday. These occurrences are referred to as equinoxes, and the twin lengths of day and night when they occur are among the many ways nature demonstrates balance. At Bonterra, we strive for a similar natural balance in our organic vineyards and in our wines. Equinox Red celebrates this vision, offering several notes of juicy red and black fruit matched with a uh, patina of intriguing spice, herb, and oak tones. I paused on that because I didn't think they would put the word patina in there, but they did. Um, <laughs> it says, Vincent bottled by Ventura uh, Vineyards in Hopland, Mendocino County, California. Woo, woo, winery and grape certified California uh, certified organic farmers, but it has the symbol here for being biodynamic. It doesn't say so on the bottle. And I'm beginning to think that biodynamic doesn't carry the weight that it should on the bottle, so they don't put it. They put organic on there. 13.7% alcohol by volume. It is a red wine. It doesn't say the blend. Uh, yeah, this symbol on the front, California Certified Organic farmers um on their website um it says uh there's a wine enthusiast february 2019 uh, uh, gave it 90 90 points uh, 2016 vintage editor's choice and it says merlot and petite uh, petite syrah are the two main components in this blend does that make <laughs> sense or no it does um and you that's the, the merlot in the nose the merlot comes out in in the in the nose, so I wonder what what percentage. The Petit Syrah gives it the darker color too. I mean, the Syrah does that. Yeah. 
Very good. Okay. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. It's not real heavy. Not not a whole lot of tannins. That's, that's a nice wine. Huh. We got it because it, it's supposed to be biodynamic. But, you know, I can't say, oh, my gosh, this is great. I'll have to buy biodynamic from now on. You know, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. This is nice though. It's a it's a nice fruity wine. It's got a lot of a lot of fruit in it. It's got that uh, very pleasant. It's it bringing out a lot of uh, Merlot on the nose. I mean, you can pick it up there. Hmm. <laughs> um. Not a lot of tannins. Not not real acidic either. That surprised me. Huh. Very nice though, Bonfira Equinox Red, organic, and I think biodynamic is supposed to be. So, yeah. so there you go. I, engineer just brought this over to me, surprised me on it. Good for her. That's why I keep her around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So it's a good thing to do. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she said that, and I hate to do laundry. So that that pretty much, you know, pronounces it. So, what do we got coming up this week for foods? Let's do our food calendar. Today is Cupcake Lovers Day and National Cucumber Day. So, uh, Cupcake Lovers Day, any, you know, there's lots of different cupcakes you can pair with wines. Actually, this wine here would probably go good with a a uh, velvet, strawberry velvet cupcake with uh, some light icing on it. Oh, well. And National Cucumber Day. Cucumber salad. Some people love cucumber salads. I, uh, I eat them, but I'm not a big fan of cucumber salads. Tomorrow, National Strawberry Shortcake Day. And we happen to pick up some strawberries and ice cream and everything, so we will be celebrating National Strawberry Shortcake Day tomorrow, along with the rest of the country and you. So dig out your strawberry shortcake. Saturday, Lobster Day. And there's there's a great day to pair up some wines and lobsters. I've had lobster with about four different types of wines. I've had white wines. I've had sparkling wines. I've had sweet wines. And I had a rosé wine with the lobsters I've had. So they all tend to pair well. So never had a red wine with it. So I don't think a lobster, well, maybe it's it's pretty strong. But Sunday, Father's Day. And uh, so happy Father's Day to you, Mike, while we're, while we're here. Uh, Father's Day coming up Sunday. And uh, it is also National Fudge Day. So dads tend to like fudge, so make yourself dad a make your dad a pot of fudge and serve him some nice Cabernet Sauvignon with it. Monday, National Apple Strudel Day, National Cherry Tart Day. So you got two of them falling right there: Apple Strudel and Cherry Tart desserts. Dig out the diverse demeanor they have with those. Tuesday, the eighteenth, National Cheese Makers Day. Cheesemakers Day. That doesn't help us any. None of us are cheesemakers. And it's also National Sushi Day. So uh, I, I 
I've had sushi, but I've never had wine with sushi. I suppose a white wine with sushi would be good. A Sauvignon Blanc would be nice. Uh, a Chenin Blanc. Um, Chardonnay? I, hmm, I don't know. Maybe Chardonnay. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Not, not Chardonnay. Uh, a, a Riesling, I think, would be well with sushi. But there you go. Then uh, Wednesday is National Martini Day, which is not going to help us pair it with wine very well. Next Thursday, National Vanilla Makeshake Day and National Tapas Day, T-A-P-A-S, National Tapas Day. So that's what's coming up this next week on foods. So enjoy it. Dig out wines to pair with it or experiment and grab some wines and see what you think. If you find a good sushi and wine combo, let me know. I'd be interested in knowing what's out there for a combo of sushi and wine. Like I say, I think a, a semi-sweet reasoning might be good. But sushi's, well, yeah, probably. I've had sushi's that cover the gamut of taste, though, so that's difficult to pinpoint something. Saw something in the paper. I have to share it with you here. Uh, celebrity rosés. If you've been invited to a party with lots of celebrities, bring a rosé. And you can probably find a rosé that matches one of the celebrities. A lot of them are coming out with celebrity rosés now. Uh, it's almost... Uh, uh, celebrity rosés are almost as prevalent as the pink wine it is itself. Uh, the rosé is... The most famous, Marivelle from Provence. It's the brand that Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt came out with. It was produced in a partnership with the family of Chateau de Pop fame. And it's been a marketing sensation, as they say, uh, since it was introduced in 2012, uh, 2012 vintage. Uh, they have broken up, but they still remain partners and involved in the winery and in the brand. So... They're still there. That's Marovell. If you're interested in getting a Brangelina wine, John Bon Jovi and his son Jesse uh, Bon Jovi teamed up with the French winemaker Gerard Breton to create Hampton Water. It's now doing its second vintage. It's a father-son collaboration that came about when they were vacationing one summer in the Hamptons of Long Island and was downing some pink juice uh, or rosé wine as they say as if it were water and uh, the youngest uh, Manjovi said I told my father this is not pink juice it's Hampton water and hence the legend was born they called it Hampton water made their own wine of rosé wine, calling it Hampton Water. Isn't that cute? When you got lots of money, you can do stuff like that. Singer-songwriter John Legend also has entered the winemaking game. Uh, he partnered up with uh, Jean-Charles Bosset, who is the owner of Raymond Vineyards in Napa, and uh, several other wineries in California, and Bosset's native Burgundy. Uh, big partnership here. Legend's Vineyard-exclusive wines are primarily from Napa, 
but the line includes a rosé, a sparkling pink from southern France, and two vintages in its uh, in the works right now. So there you go. There's all sorts of celebrity rosés out there, and I am sure there will be others. Uh, and not only celebrities, but I'm, I'm sure athletes can open up their own wineries and stuff like that. I haven't heard about a whole lot of athletes doing it. They got the money, but I guess they're not into that as much as the as much as the celebrities are. So there's your uh, latest on the rosés. Another sip of wine here. That's nice. I like it. There you thank you. Uh, got interesting little bit here. Let me go find it. I know it's here. Uh, oh, first, before I go into stories of the day, uh, wineries, what, what the wineries are doing around, what they have to offer and all that. Uh, Amazing Grace Winery. Amazing Grace Winery is located in Chazy, New York, uh, at 9839 Route 9, Chazy, New York. 518-215-4044 is the phone number. And they have, coming up in a couple of days here on the 14th, uh, actually tomorrow, geez, uh, today's 13th, isn't it? Yeah, 14th is tomorrow. At 6, 6.30 p.m. in the Pavilion, they have Wine Down Friday. And they will be featuring barbecue and smoked pulled pork tacos, roasted riblets, barbecue chicken, some Italian favorites, a bunch of delicious sides, and all sorts of stuff. It's a Daddy Day celebration a couple days before Father's Day. So... If you're interested, get a hold of them, Mary at AmazingGraceWinery.com. And if, again, they're located in New York. So if you're in that area, then a good chance to do some celebrating with wine there. Castle Ridge Winery, they're located in Iowa at uh, Lightna, Iowa, this southeast of Des Moines. They have a Father's Day celebration coming up also uh, on uh, uh, on Father's Day. Uh, just the special events with Dad, uh, giveaways and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, check them out on Father's Day. Um, they'll have their wine and wood fired oven pizza uh Friday and Saturday leading up to it, 14th and 15th. And tonight, wine and taco night there, so you still got time to get there for that. And then coming up on the 21st and 22nd, they will have a winery is the place to be for a wine dinner and mystery. They're having a mystery night. Bullets in the bathtub is the name of the mystery. That's coming up in a week, so... Give them a call, 641-672-9463, or you can go to Tassel 
Ridge. Let me see. Let's pop up here. Info at TasselRidge.com. So just TasselRidge, info at TasselRidge.com, and check that stuff out. Uh, Whispering Oaks again. What does this say? This is more information. No, it says you need to get your reservations in. Sunday the 16th, Castle Ridge Winery will be doing their official official Father's Day. Uh, on Castle Ridge, what I'm talking about. Whispering Oaks will be doing their official official Father's Day celebration. They're located in Oxford, California. Uh, Oxford, Florida. Why do I always say California with that? Oxford. It's Oxford, Florida. Just west of the villages, north of Tampa. They uh, are having their uh, Sunday the 16th, noon to 4, live music and uh, barbecued ribs and chicken, coleslaw, fresh corn on the cob, jack beans, fresh baked cookies. Only sixteen ninety five per person. Tax and gratuity not included. For Father's Day, 9 to 4, Sunday the 16th. You need to get a hold of them. You can call them at, I have no idea, there's no phone number right there. Uh, you can call them at 305-484-2370. I'm sorry, that's the wrong number. Oh, that's for another off-site event. I read the wrong one. Uh, you can call them at 352-748-0449 or visit them at info at winesofflorida.com and you can uh, get on their Father's Day celebration also. Um, and next one we have here, Otambas Creek. Uh, if you do not have or are not receiving the blog from Otambas Creek, sign up for it. It really is interesting. Uh, this month it talks about the wines of the Pope and different wines that the, they've had at the Vatican over the years and and different ones there. Very interesting little article. Easy read. Uh, check out info at tablas, or tabla, I think it's tablas, T-A-B-L-A-S-C-R-E-E-K, tabluscreek.com, info at tabluscreek.com, and you can get your blog on that. Uh, always interesting, always interesting blog and let's see amazing grace here this is just a reminder one here yes it is uh and i believe i've got uh no i think that's it yeah that's it so check out your local wineries this father's day a lot of them are having things going on for daddy day and they have all sorts of interesting stuff happening and specials and daddy specials. I mean, even if it's your local winery doesn't have a big meal or something, most of them will have a daddy special. <coughs> Excuse me. Where, you know, dads uh, get a free tasting uh, with a paid one, stuff like that. They There's all sorts of things going on. So you can check that out this week and find out what's, going on at your local wineries. All right. Article here. It's just the one. Uh, I believe it is. Yes, it is. Interesting article here. I, I 
I found uh, how the modern champagne bottle was created. Oh, before I forget it, a couple of weeks ago, it was last week. Last week I talked about corks and all the different corks. Got an email uh, from a listener and asked me, what is my favorite cork? And thank you for the email, by the way. What is my favorite cork? You know, I have popped open wine from just about every cork out there except for a couple of them I haven't used. I haven't, in fact, I might have mentioned that during the, as I was going through the different ones. And I've, I've drank wines from the, oh, the range of corks that are available. And because I'm drinking them young, I don't see much of a difference. I lean toward the cork, the cork cork, the classic cork, simply because I was raised on the cork. That doesn't mean that it's better. It's just that I like it, and I just like to feel it coming out of the bottle and stuff like that. I am aging wine. I've got my wine refrigerator full of wines, and I'm aging wines, and they all have corks. I, I seek that if I'm going to age. I'm not doing any experimentation with any other types of corks. The winery used corks, um, well, press-style cork, but it's still cork. It wasn't the Zork or the plastic or um filament or any of that stuff. We actually used corks there. And that was for convenience sake, not that we didn't try the stuff, but uh, we didn't didn't use screw caps, Delvins or anything. And I just, I lean toward corks myself, just a regular cork cork. That doesn't mean that I will not drink a wine if it is not corked. I, you know, if I'm going to have a wine for any aging purposes, I look at the cork. And if I'm going to take a wine to somebody that has a little bit of knowledge, I will look for one with a cork. But otherwise, let's face it, they all end up tasting the same. You're going to drink them soon anyway, so it's it's really not critical and that important how how the wine is closed. It's just, you know, get a nice wine that you're going to enjoy. So that's, yeah, thank you for the email, but, you know, I, I'm probably – disappointing in saying, yes, I'm a big fan of this. I would lean toward corks, but that would be it, just a lean. <clears throat> Excuse me. How the modern champagne bottle was created. Well, we all know about the bottle and all that stuff, and, you know, there's cellar masters <laughs> at one time in history used to wear iron mask to save their faces from exploding glass bottles. It was not a good thing. I mean, they would explode. They weren't made to hold the pressure that was in the glass bottles. So I found this article, and I'm going to, it's not real long. I'm going to read most of it to you. I'll editorialize like I always do on just about everything. From Germany's Black Forest is well, uh, well known for its wine is Gastomini and Dark Grim Brothers Tales. As you well know, the Brothers Grimm did a lot of the stories about the Black Forest. Far less known is the story of how local glassmakers created the modern champagne bottle from the Black Forest. George Christian von Kessler 
His quest to create a non-breakable fizz bottle came about after his first disastrous 1826 vintage of German sparkling wine. 4,000 bottles, about half of his production, exploded. Oh, oh my gosh, that would create a disaster. Uh, as an aside, I had a, uh, one of the wines I made quite a few years ago started to do a second fermentation in the bottle. And that's what champagne does. Champagne is a, is a bottle fermentation. And I had a wine that started to do a second fermentation in the bottle. And it was not a good thing. I don't think I had any exploding bottles, although Sister Wine in South Florida, Eden Vineyards at the time, did. They had a couple of customers who had wines explode on them. Um, obviously, they cleaned the mess and paid for the disaster. But I didn't have any wines ex- bottles explode on me. I did have some corks that came out, and I took the whole vintage and and uh, pulled all the corks out and dumped it and remixed it and then uh, got the fermentation, got the fermentation out, added some SO2 and different things and balanced it out. But it it can happen. It can happen if you're not careful to any vintage. So it's an issue, particularly with champagne, because you're trying to get those bubbles in there and those bubbles create oxygen, and oxygen will apply pressure to the bottles or to the cork, and it'll push it right out. So, Kaiser had a uh, Kessler, well, not Kaiser, Kessler had acquired the art of champagne production while visiting at Vevey uh, Poquet, I believe it's pronounced, Ponsardin in Reims, where he became the lover and owner our lover of owner, uh, Barbie Nicole Cloquet-Ponsardin, the Cloquet widow and a director of the company. Upon his return to Germany in 1825, he established Kessler, the first German sparkling wine seller in Esslingen. E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-N, Esslingen, I guess it's pronounced. He then traveled to Baalbeck Glassworks in the remote Beersbrunn Valley of the Black Forest. At the time, cellar masters were known to wear iron masks to protect them from shattering glass. But it was here where glassmaker factory owner Johann George um, Bullringer and his colleague Franz K. Klump created the modern champagne bottle called the Bullbacher Schlegel. That's it. B-U-H-L-B-A-C-H-E-R. Bullbacher Schlegel, S-C-H-L-E-G-E-L, Schlegel, which would become the industry standard bottle. This bottle could withstand pressures of six atmospheres, equivalent to the pressure of about five kilograms of weight on every square centimeter of glass, created by the second fermentation in the bottle. The um, Bullbacher Schlegel bottle's innovative feature was the Stolpolden, S T U L, and the U has the little umlaut mark above it, S T U L P B O D E N, Stolpolden, which was a punt of 
inverse indentation created to strengthen champagne bottles, allowing more evil distribution of pressure. This design led to the end of flat glass bottles. Without the Bullbacher Slego bottles, Kessler would probably not been able to become a pioneer in sparkling wine production in Germany. Glassmakers and Bullbach used a new pressure-proof glass and the novel punt in the bottom of the bottle. They produced the bottles as a one-liter and a half-liter bottle, but also bigger sizes. The bottles were always green to protect the champagne from light and sun. This is explained by Tina Emar, who is the manager of Kessler Archive. The quality of the Bullbacher Schlegel bottles were so high that many producers in France ordered them to fill up their champagne. In his book, The Bullbach Glassmakers, 1721-1909, Otto Conrad recounts how the composition of the bottles remained a secret at the time. They did not feature in the company archives. Glassmakers blew as many as 350 champagne bottles in a shift, about 40 per hour. By 1856, the Bullbach Glassworks had unbelievable quantities of orders for champagne bottles. One part of Europe was starving, the other part was drinking champagne, writes Conrad. Exported to Australia, Hungary, and Russia, it is estimated that about 100 million Ballbacher Stegel bottles were produced up until 1909. So there you go, little little history on the champagne bottle and how it was originally invented and, and made. The Gebruder Bottlinger Bottle Works, our glass work started that. I found it interesting. That's I thought you would too. Okay, now let's get out of this and go to my next thing I want to talk about here, which is Missouri. And this is a good segue into this too. as it loads. Officials warn public of exploding wine bottles from Eldon Winery, located in Missouri. Eldon Winery. Uh, some bottles of wine from the Eldon Winery, from un-Eldon Winery, are at risk of exploding, Missouri safety officials say. Now it says un-Eldon Winery, so... I looked up Eldon Winery. The one that I found the closest to it was uh, Shawnee Bluff Vineyard. And it uh, was, well, I think pretty much right there, the one that they're talking about. Shawnee Bluff Vineyard is, uh, let's see, let me, my machine is not working real fast this evening. Uh, Shawnee Buff Vineyard and Winery is located in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri and Eldon, Missouri. Uh, let's see. Shawnee Buff Winery, Shawnee Buff Vineyard and 
Riverbird Winery. I guess they're all the same. But uh, the Shawnee Bluff Winery is located in uh, Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, whereas the vineyard is in Elder, Missouri, and it looks like the, the fermentation and all that's done there, and that's what is exploding. They have a lot of events coming up. I'm just looking at the winery site here, and they've got a lot of stuff coming up. But the wines are exploding. The Missouri Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Control, or the uh, uh, ATF, uh, or ATC, rather, ATC, is warning the public that at least six different types of bottled wine made by Casa de, Lo- de Loco may explode or be immediately secured and should be immediately secured to prevent injury. According to a press release from the Highway Patrol, <laughs> Highway Patrol, <laughs> the wine should not be consumed. They say uh, <laughs> the Highway Patrol put out a press release not to not to consume your wine. In addition to a bottle of Casa de Local wine exploding after being confiscated by the ATC, there have been several additional reported explosions of Casa de Local wine bottles, according to the press release. The wines are applesauced, Bellini Gold, Coming in Hot, Kona Lover Port, OCD, and Peachy Thoughts. Coca de Local never submitted these wines to ATC for product brand restoration, which includes review and product evaluation as required by the Missouri law. Uh Uh-oh. They are in a heap of trouble now. A heap of trouble. The issue was found during a routine inspection by ATC. After confiscating unregistered wine that was being distributed, a bottle exploded in an ATC evidence storage room. Well, they probably had it in a hot room. I mean, let's, let's, let's give some you know, leeway here, some credit to the fact that they probably didn't know what they were doing. Um, i got to close a pop-up here because it's going to start talking. Uh when the ATC contacted retailers, it learned of additional explosions as well as Casa de Local wine bottles spontaneously breaking and leaking. The unregistered wines have been distributed to retailers in a list of cities here. I'm not going to list them all because, well, if you're in that area, look it up. You need to know. If you're not, you don't care. The wines may also have been distributed directly to consumers by the winery. So uh, we were just talking about champagne and exploding, and I said I have they have an issue here too, and more than likely that's from the fact that it's it's fermenting again. I mean, the sugars are still in the bottle, and they start fermenting, and that happens. The sugars will pick up and start fermenting again, and when that happens, it creates oxygen, or yeah, oxygen, and uh, oxygen in the bottle is too strong for it, and it will explode. So uh, that's what's going to happen. The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services is currently investigating Casa de Loco for potential health and sanitation violations. Consumers should contain the bottles and store them in a safe location in case they do explode. And if you have any questions or anything, contact, not the winery, but the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau section 
in Missouri or possibly the U.S. Food and Drug Administration uh, in Missouri also. Any of those can help you. Or you can contact a winery, which I would if it were me. I'd contact the winery. They'd probably apologize and replace it. But that's what happens. Uh, that's why champagne bottles had to be invented. That stuff will get out of hand and will cause all sorts of problems. All right, let me see here. Uh, and it says there's something else on this one I want to talk about. No. All right. Next we have here. Last week, I gave you the bad news of a couple of drinks of wine a week could cause cancer. I know, I know. We are all still upset about that, still shaking our heads about that, and it is rightfully so we should be. But, but, to make every one of us feel better and so that we can all, again, raise, oh, come on, computer, so that we can all, again, why does it do this? Why does it do this? I don't want or need to try CBS All Access. Actually, I've already got it. Okay, there we go. Wine kills germs that cause sore throats and dental plaque, says the study. All right, there you go. Now, after hearing that it can cause cancer, this new study has came out and said that we don't have to worry about that because it will stop us from having bad breath and make us better. Okay, we already know that wine is one of the greatest things in life, regardless of the report that I just read last week, but can actually keep us from getting sick. Wine is a fantastic disinfectant for bad mouth germs. It's another reason to keep drinking, all right? You want to say, excuse me, I just had a glass of red wine. Excuse me, I just had a glass of red wine. Way back when, in 1988, a study examined the antibacterial properties of carbonated drinks, wine, beer, skim milk, and water, and each beverage was infused with infectious bacteria like Salmonella, E. coli, and Shigella. Whoa, that's a serious study there. I'm glad I wasn't part of that. The wine had the least amount of live bacteria after two days, meaning it's actually an effective disinfectant and bacteria cannot survive in it. So with this in mind, researchers more recently conducted another study to determine why and how wine has such antibacterial properties. And guess what? They found that it specifically fights germs in the mouth that cause dental plaque and sore throats. You don't need to gargle with salt water. Gargle with wine. You already heard gargle with salt water to make your throat feel better. In the study published on the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, researchers discovered that the acidity and alcohol concentration in wines is not what is responsible for the antibacterial properties as was previously believed. 
It's due to the number of organic compounds found in both red and white wines. So it's not just red wines either here. I mean, so often do we hear red wines are the ones that are so good for us. Red wines are the ones we should be drinking because they're so good. But here you're saying that red and white both contain the antibacterial properties that is responsible for the... um, combating plaque and sore throats. The researchers isolated the compounds, which were lactic, malic, uh, saponic, and tartaric acids. And after neutralizing their acidity, found that they kill 99.9% of dental bacteria and germs that cause sore throats. Wow. You know, take that. You know, causes cancer study. Could have came back up and done this one on the mouth and been better off. Exposure to wine has a persistent antibacterial effect, the authors, authors said. Red wine is better at killing bacteria than, than uh, white wine, but not by much. Not by much at all, just you know, a small percentage. Another study from 1998 tested the effects of red wine on salmonella and compared it to a disinfecting solution containing the same alcohol concentrations and acidity level and found that red wine is better at killing the bacteria than the solution. And again, the acidity was the primary disinfectant and not the alcohol. So... If you have a little tickle in your throat, uh, don't be getting out the salt water and gargling with salt water. Grab yourself a glass of wine, and that's going to probably do you more good than the salt water will. Yay! So, you know, I try to try to keep you all happy out there. Last time I read you about how bad wine was and how it will cause cancer, well... This is just the opposite. This is going to be good for you here. So dig out the red wine. I was so happy to find that article. All right. Uh, that. All right, yeah. And the next one I wanted to share with you is... other things here. Color of wine. So many wines have so many colors and so many of the same wines have so many colors. Red wine color comes from the skin. We know that. It's the color in wine comes from a pigment called uh, anthocyanin. And anthocyanin is present in other fruits, uh, plums, blueberries, cherries, and uh, the pigments in red wines come from the skin. So by soaking the skin in the juice, the anthocyanin is released and it stains the wine. That's basic. You know, everyone knows that. Uh, It's just a a very, you know, basic thing. But the hue in the wine, different wines will release more color, more anthocyanins, and will create a darker or lighter wine. Wines with more red color 
hue have a lower pH usually. This is this is uh, there's exceptions to every rule. So these things I'm reading you here are pretty true, but there are exceptions to just about every rule. So wines with more red-colored hues have a lower pH, but they usually have high acidity. Wines with violet-colored hue range from around 3.4 to 3.6 pH on average. And wines with a more bluish tint, uh, uh, magenta, if you will, are usually over 3.6 pH and possibly closer to 4 on pH, and they have lower acidity. So if you're looking at keeping the acid out, a lot of people do because indigestion. Uh, I know my engineer here will pick up acid in wines in a heartbeat. Once you taste it, she goes, oh, that's so full of acid. So that's why I always mention acid whenever I taste the wine because sometimes it's doing it. Variables exist, but the above is generally true, what I just read to you here. Some examples, uh, Melbeck is highly tinted red wine, uh, which is uh, soft sauce, often a magenta or blue color in the glass, whereas Sangiovese is a bright red and more spicy and high acid. So a couple of good examples. Uh, the red wine boldness chart, you can pick those. You can find that online. Uh, just type in red wine boldness chart, and you'll get possibilities, and it shows you colors from the lightest all the way up to the darkest and gives you an idea of the uh, the boldness again the higher the darker the color the uh, higher the acid whereas the lighter the color the lower the acid usually uh, so color will and does make a difference. There are color charts out there, color wine posters you can pick up. Um, there's different places, just color of wine posters, punch that into your search engine and you will find a lot of different ones. And if you find one, be sure they do free shipping because a lot of them will do it. Don't, don't be paying an outrageous amount for shipping. But color in wine, it runs the gamut and it all comes from the pigments of the skin, the anthocyanin. Okay. Let me go to something else here. Uh, and this, I just wanted to mention this because it's so true. Pinot Noir. We all know the Pinot Noir. It's, uh, uh, this article here says, it's a miracle grape. Pinot Noir can be used for just about anything. It's going to make a red wine, a rosé wine, a white wine. It's used a lot in champagne, actually. Uh, as a white wine, uh, Pinot Noir will come out with a baked pear, or I'm sorry, baked apple aroma, ginger a little bit, uh, orange zest, uh, just a honey type uh, aroma. The red Pinot Noir gives you more of a cherry, raspberry, mushroom, a good mushroom, not a stinky mushroom, and a clove uh, aroma. And rosé Pinot Noir tends to pick up the cherry, plum, rose, or rhubarb nose, 
And again, we're talking the same grape here. And last, the sparkling Pinot Noir are the, used a lot in the uh, Blanc du Nord. White cherry, lemon, ginger, and rose on the nose of that. So, uh, you know, Pinot Noir, quite, quite a versatile grape, uh, used extensively in all those different areas. Of the you don't see as many white Pinot Noirs out there as you would think, but uh, they're out there. Uh, other grapes also can give you all the four potentials, but Pinot Noir probably the Gamay, Grenache, Zimino, Nebbiolo, uh, Mencia, Sangiovese, those are all very versatile grapes also, but the Pinot Noir being probably the most versatile of all because you're going to find that all the time everywhere in all sorts of different grapes. Okay. Uh, oh, crap. And, well, as soon as I get it back here, I will... What is this one? Oh, okay. Uh, mm. All right. Uh, well, my screen just disappeared on me, so that takes care of that there. Uh, let's see. There's one other thing I want to say. Give me a second. Let me find this other thing here. And I wanted to mention that as soon as I can get this up here. And I will take a second to drink another sip of my wine. As you step back to the bar and another refill. Here we go. Another soup for my wine. Of having one that I did not decant and breathe in, it was horrid. 
And the next one I let it decant breathe, and I was thrilled. It was so good. So, but light-bodied wines, a Pinot Noir, Gamay's, Beaujolais Gamay, stuff like that, 20 to 30 minutes to suggest. Medium wines, Bernard, uh, Zimondel, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, Barbera, Sangiovese, Tempranillo, 30 to 60 minutes. It says here, Cabernet Sauvignon, Nibelio, Tannet, Petit Saram, Verde, Tarango um, National, all those full-bodied red wines, 60 minutes plus to decant. Now, I'm saying this for all you decanting fans out there. It, you know, this is what they're suggesting. Again, I am not one to decant. Yeah, uh, do yourself an experiment. Buy yourself two bottles of wine. Don't get anything less than $15 by any means. Get something from the $20 range. Two of the same thing. Decant one of them and don't decant the other one. And take a look. Do your own taste. Uh, so, you know, find out for yourself. I seldom decant because I'm not a fan of decanting. So I just don't do it. Well, but I want to let you, you know, I saw this online before I lost it. I wanted to point it out to people about decanting. Well, and, for me personally, I'm not waiting 30 to 60 minutes before I can have a sip or drink a, a glass of wine. Is that is that what they're suggesting? Is that's know, what they're suggesting? The decant it and, pop and, and then wait. Another, and then wait. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's you know. And, and I like the wines. I like my wines with a, with a boldness. Decanting aerates the wine. If I want to aerate mm-hmm. my wine, I will swirl it, okay? Mm-hmm. If I want to aerate my wine a lot, I'll pour it from one glass to another. That's the same thing as decanting and waiting. <clears throat> if it is too strong, if I want to aerate it down a little bit, then I, not only will I swirl it, I'll you know pour from one glass to the other and stuff like that. But to let it sit there and yeah. decant for, for a period of time for me is, yeah, I know. Mm. So... Yeah, but yeah. Again, there's people who swear by decanting, and and that's great. And and like I said, I have had wines that really there were it was an older wine, very good wine, and it needed to be decanted. And the difference of it not being decanted and waiting like an hour to the one that was decanted or was not decanted was night and day. I was. Hmm. Absolutely shocked at the difference, but I've never found that big of a difference in uh, uh, in in uh, just other regular wines. It's never has happened to me. So, mm. and restaurants no. don't decant. I mean, if you go to if you go to the you know places like Burn Steakhouse and you order wine or something, they're not going to decant it, are they? Just... No, they they will if you ask them to. I, I believe they they'll go for it and let wow. let you do it. But you know, it's like you know, when I order a wine with the meal, the meal's going to be coming out there. You're going to be going up to the dessert room. They're going, here's the wine that you asked to be decanted for an hour, and you're going, oh, okay, thanks. You know, and right, so, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. I just 
again, and, and like I used to tell people, if you want a wine that's lighter and fruitier that you're going to get from decanting, buy yourself a wine that's lighter and fruitier. <clears throat> that's just how I look at it. I mean, you can go out and buy yourself a wine that costs $40 and you want to decant it for 45 minutes before you drink it. Well, buy yourself two $20 wines that's going to give you the lightness and fruitiness that you're you're striving for, and you'll have two bottles instead of one and drink it as soon as you open it. And I know there's going to be people out there that's going to argue with me about all this, but, you know, I, 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 I just, you know, there, there are a few, few times that you should decamp, but overall, you know, open your wine and drink it. You know, that's really... Um, one other thing here before before we go uh, is calories in wine. People always ask me about calories in wine. And uh, calories matter. Yeah, there's calories in wine. Okay. Uh, alcohol by volume, 9%. You're going to get uh, about 72 calories to a dry wine, 100 calories to a sweeter wine. When you start jumping up to the higher alcohol by volume levels, you you know, say 12, 13%, you're, you're looking at 100 calories, 120 calories for a dry wine and up to from 125 to 150 for a sweet wine. That's five-ounce serves. That's what I'm talking here on average, five-ounce servings. Uh, most red wines are low on carbs. You don't really have to worry about carbs. Excuse me. Uh, They are... uh, Wine has about 120 calories per average five-ounce serving. Uh, It's mostly water, a little bit of alcohol, and then other stuff that is in, in the glass. Men should have... Two drinks and women should have one. That is the recommended amount. Five ounces, moderate means one glass a day or two for men, and that's it. And if laws pass that state that you will be found intoxicated at what they're looking at, 0.05, that is one drink for women and one drink for men of wine. That's 12% alcohol wine, which is, you know, you want to scream just thinking about that. But, so, calories in wine aren't really that much. In fact, a lot of your Weight Watchers and other diet plans will allow you to have a glass of wine a day, uh, some two. The points, I don't know if Weight Watchers are still doing points, but points for wine was reasonably low. I think it was only like a one point uh, for whites and two for some of the reds. But if you're looking for calories, you can cut yourself out something else and still have yourself a glass of wine and not really affect your diets if you're on that. And the carbs are reasonably low and the uh, residual sugars are actually counted as calories so you don't have to worry about how much sugar is in it. And those who are diabetic... A lot of people come in the wine room asking about sugars in wine, asking about you know how much residual sugar because they're diabetic. And you got to remember, if you are diabetic, 
the alcohol in the wine metabolizes into sugars into your system. That's really what's going to affect you more than the residual sugar. So watch your alcohol levels in your wine if you're diabetic, if you're really concerned. I am, and it doesn't affect me a whole lot. It'll raise it up about, you know, 10 points after a glass of wine, but that's about all. So so there you go. That's a little informative session tonight. Yeah, and definitely. Uh, still, still typing. <laughs> still typing. This coming Sunday, Father's Day, so all of you daddies out there, future daddy, daddies to be, uh, granddaddies, stepdaddies. Yeah. Uh, and thank you daddy. earlier for the, uh, thank you earlier for the Happy Father's Day. Oh. Same to you as well. Uh, happy happy Father's Day Sunday. And um, okay. if you're all are out and about, uh, be safe and uh, enjoy Never. the day. It's, it's it's all about Father's Day. All about Father's Day. All about Father's Day. Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mother's already had on Mother's Day. The restaurants are packed. You can't get into a restaurant on Mother's Day. That's true. I don't think that's the case on Father's Day. Father's Day, I mean, you go down to the no. grocery store, you buy yourself a chunk of steaks, and throw it on the grill. Because, Daddy's happy with well, that. Not only that, but well, yeah, I'm, I'm McDonald's is fine for me. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, mean, I don't care. I mean, go to Arby's. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh well. That's high value there. That's that's like the I real know, stuff. That's but <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not a yeah. you know Mother's Day. You gotta you gotta do the whole. You gotta go all out. I mean, you know that's that's an expensive that's day. Mom. Yeah, we're easy. we're like you know you, you like you said, get a couple of steaks and throw them on the grill. Perfect. That's all we need. Perfect. That that and some time in front of the TV or whatever. I don't know. Just uh, just it's an easy day for us. It's or for it people is. who. Celebrated for us. That's <laughs> so, right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So all of you out there are trying to rack your brain what to do for dad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. We really like are. Mother's Day, Mother's Day is usually start the week or two before an actual Mother's Day, and it leads up to Mother's yeah, right. Day. <laughs> yeah. right. you know, they start advertising and all this stuff. Start saying, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's bad. They really are. Yeah. 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 My dad those, uh, give, give this bump and you know, <laughs> hey, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Mother's Day. Here's your jewelry. Here's your your yeah. presents. Here's your the whole party bit. And let's go to a fancy really. restaurant. Yeah. If we can get reservation. Uh, so. <laughs> well, this is the easy one for all you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is the one. Um. Anyway, thank you. And so, uh, yeah. Have a have a great weekend. Have a great week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if they're actually tuning in before Father's Day, or if they're going to listen listen to it after Father's Day on the archives. I don't know. We uh, get a either. lot of afters. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will see you all next Thursday, which is going to be the and I'm just guessing here the 20th. Uh, You're right. Thursday. Yeah. The 20th. I I looked on the calendar. I can't guess. The 20th of June. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. It's all about wine. And uh, be sure to check out the website, allaboutwinebtr.com, for more information. And if you want to be a guest or want to refer somebody to become a guest, that's the website to go to. All that information is there. So or thanks again. Subject you want to talk about, email us. Oh, yeah. Come, we'll, we'll address that too. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Do that. Use the website. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll see you all next Thank time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.